1: say uh dirtbag this is kid schreiner the voice of the green arrow and you are listening to the dcau review hosted by cal and liam streaming at DCAUReview.com
0: and on your favorite podcast the original justice league has become a memory i am resigning from the justice league what's going to happen to the league now we rebuild from the ashes of that great conflict A new team has arisen. A much, much bigger team. Each of you brings something different to the table. Old friends, new heroes. And as usual, plenty of bad guys jumping up to get beat down. Ah, Calm down, and I'll let you go. How about you kiss my ass? Watch out, evildoers. There's nowhere to run. Because this year, they're all around you. The league is unlimited. Ah. Uh, series starring every superhero worth cheering for at then justice league unlimited where am i exactly among friends their strength in numbers
1: welcome everybody to episode 206 of the dcau review i am one of your hosts cal with me as he always is for each and every episode my good friend good brother the man that runs our twitter account that's right liam liam Welcome to yet another review of Justice League Unlimited as we continue here in the month of April reviewing a series that we mentioned at the start of the month that we hadn't quite gotten to in, in quite a bit so it's been a, it's been a pleasant surprise to come back and review some of these, uh, these great season 1 and 2 well, mostly season 2 for this, this run here Justice League Unlimited episodes, but uh, yeah, we've got another interesting one here that is a pseudo sequel to perhaps the biggest episode of the original Justice League series here. That's right; it's uh, sort of a, a more direct follow-up to uh, to the events of the three-part episode crossed which we covered way back in our 100th episode. So you can uh, go back and listen to that in the archives if you are so inclined. But uh, yeah, as far as this goes, this is, uh, as we'll get to in the plot, this is a little bit more follow-up on uh, where we find Shaira. We, we have previously also covered the events of Wake the Dead, where she returns to the Justice League and returns to being an active hero in the League. But uh, this one sort of deals more directly with her role, not only as a member of the Justice League, but also as, a, as her ability to lead as one of the founding members of the, of the League as she's sort of her and this small task force are set out on this uh, this adventure together that is correct and before we jump into our four categories of plot visual and animation music and voice acting for this week we will of course tackle the official internet movie database imdb synopsis brought to you by the pod tower go over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and you can actually hear that aforementioned hundredth episode of the DCAU review on there. Not only that, but our full catalog including bonus episodes and some of the other great things that we've done other past justice league unlimited episodes. In addition to great content from our friends over at watchtower database and Tim talk. Liam, this episode originally aired back on the Cartoon Network on June the 18th, 2005, meaning we are coming up here in just a few months on the 17-year anniversary of this episode's debut. That is right, Cal, and this is the synopsis for Hunter's Moon, which was written by Stan Berkowitz and Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, directed by Joaquin de Santos, with music by Christopher Carter and Michael McQuistian, and animation by DR Movie Company. And that synopsis reads as such Shaira, Vixen, and Vigilante are lured into an ambush by Thenegarians seeking revenge. Hey, short, sweet, to the point. <laughs> I don't hate that one no i mean it's uh it, it you would think it be, being basically one uh, one sentence long that that might be a uh, a cause for concern but no that is basically our plot here uh as we can uh, we can get into our categories here starting with plot uh yeah we uh it's it's a it's a rev- an old good old fashioned revenge tale and and uh we get uh we get a lot uh, a lot of uh, character beats as well for not only Shaiira but for couple of the other leaguers that are along for the ride with her in this episode that is right yeah so we start off with uh, with the watchtower receiving a distress call from some miners who apparently they're they're talking to Jean and they're saying that their spaceship is being affected by this radiation he's talking to them directly and clearly the transmission is being affected by the radiation and keeps fading in and out and he's having trouble kind of uh, hearing from them and once once they're talking through it and able to get a clear signal through they realize that some of the uh, apparently the radiation is coming from uh, some very dangerous nth metal which of course uh, there's one leaguer the aforementioned shaira who is of course very familiar with that magical metal and so uh as as jean is there and where he's talking to this mysterious alien we get uh we get john stewart walking through the tunnels of uh of the watchtower and he's surprised uh surprised by an ambush uh from none other than vixen herself and uh, vixen is attempting to show a little bit of what the kids used to call pda she's uh she's down bad for john and uh (laughs) she she's not
0: afraid to show it Martin, are you crazy? Do you know what I could do to you with this ring? Promises, promises. Why the ambush? Seems like the only way I can get your attention. We haven't gone out in nearly a month. It hasn't been that long. Not going to argue about it, Boo. You're taking me out to dinner tonight. I'm in the mood for Chinese. The place by my apartment? Nah, a romantic little spot I know in Beijing. I'm not off shift until 1600 hours. That's breakfast time in China. I like breakfast. It's a date. Okay. John, aren't you forgetting something? This isn't the time or place, Mari. It's unprofessional.
1: And she's actually complaining that they haven't been on on a date recently. John... Uh, admits that uh, that he he's fallen short in this area and he's he's looking to make it up to her. So they make a date to get Chinese, but not traditional Chinese, around the corner from John's apartment. No, they're actually going to go to China, which I thought was a cute little thing. Uh, of course, it makes sense. Why wouldn't the superheroes go to the actual country where the food originated, as opposed to just eating from the local Chinese food store? Love that. Uh, so they make a date <laughs> for it, and uh, as they're about to leave. John uh, is reminded that uh, he hasn't re- reciprocated the public display of affection. And, uh, and well, he, he's, he's upset that a Vixen grabs him and decides to plant a, a big one on him. And he believes it's not professional and walks off sort of leaving Vixen there kind of a bit bemused. So he walks in on John having the conversation with this alien and uh it's at that point, once they see the, the metal and the, the, classification for the medal. shaira decides that she is going to volunteer to lead the team. and John Stewart decides he's going to lead the team and go with her. but we actually learn a little bit about uh, how the the assignments work here for the for the league. Jean states that because they're both founding members of the league, they are not allowed to go on the mission together for fear of there being confusion as to who is leading the team. So, of course, because this the plot somewhat follows a sitcom formula here, who volunteers to go with Shaira, none other than Vixen herself, who Jean is more than happy to approve uh, her going with uh, Shaira and Vigilante uh, to, to meet up with these aliens and determine just what's going to happen. But uh, right before we get the, the opening credits here, we get a reveal that the alien... Liam, in fact, you might say it's a trap.
0: I'll go with you. No, you won't. You're both founding members. I don't want there to be any question who's leading the mission. Then I'll go. Fine. You've got to be kidding me. Javelin 26 is ready for you on pad nine. I'll have the last team member meet you there. Come on, then. Yes. Why did you do that? Vixen hasn't spent much time in space. Good experience for her. You know what I mean. Sending my girlfriend and my ex on the same mission? Difficult as it may be for you to believe. I don't take your love life into consideration when I make command decisions. I've assembled a rescue party. Help is on the way. Signing off. I don't know how to thank you. But I'm sure I'll think of something. (laughs)
1: You might you might in fact say that is yes the uh the, we get the our three uh our three person team of course of hawk girl or shaira as uh as we come to find out she, yeah, is, she doesn't want to be called hawker anymore yes which i think there is a line about that at the end of star cross which i had forgotten until uh until re-watching this episode but yes shaira uh, along with vixen as you mentioned and of course our third member of the team who else would you bring on a deep space mission but vigilante uh the cowboy with the, his little re- laser revolvers uh but uh, again at, at this point they just know it. they they think it's a search and rescue mission they sort of arrive on this planet and right right away it seems like maybe something's amiss as vixen kind of uses her her animal totem to look around for any signs of a, a mining ship or or any sort of interference and they note that the scanners aren't picking up all of this supposed uh raw nth metal that uh, seems to be uh, putting this this scout ship in danger and so as they they get out to uh to investigate as you as you said cal here we we get they figure out very quickly that it's all an ambush and and we in fact it's it's actually interesting how it's structured because they kind of they don't show you who's attacking right away so which kind of goes against that we already know who it is (laughs) but they're, they're kind of walking through this cave and then we just see these these blue lasers uh, firing at them and they're sort of uh, on their back heels immediately and then trying to retreat. And finally, it is uh, Perundul and uh, Lieutenant Krager and a few other unnamed Thanagarian soldiers reveal themselves as having been, uh, been remnants of the Thanagarian army. And we find out uh, a little bit of what happened directly after. Uh, the events of Starcross, while uh, I guess Shayera was putting herself into exile and, and living with Doctor Fate, we find out that the the remnants of the Thanagarian armada that weren't destroyed by the Justice League uh, and and the Watchtower um, were uh, called back to Thanagar to go into sort of one final desperate attack against the uh, the Gordanians, which is uh, another famous DC Comics uh, alien race there and and they uh despite pro best efforts uh the battle is lost the war is lost thanagar loses uh, countless Thanagarian lives have been lost and uh and pro ends up giving his own life uh, but not before setting off uh Perunduel and Krager and the rest on uh, on one sort of lone escape uh, escape ship to uh to make their escape or before he sacrifices himself and seemingly makes this big uh big self-sacrifice but in the end it's it's all for naught as the gordanians have won and and uh, and that sort of sets up why our our villains are here for this piece and it's, it's because they they basically have nothing left to fight for other than revenge and that sort of uh, brings us to our conflict in our episode is not only is shaira quite conflicted over whether or not she should perhaps just Give herself up and allow allow her people to to uh cast judgment upon her for for her crimes as you know her her actions her refusal to let fro build the uh the hyperspace bypass that would have destroyed the earth is is sort of what led to thanagar losing the war um and so she while she is conflicted with that we also sort of see very quickly that Vigilante and Vixen are also not quite so comfortable with uh, with taking orders from a Thanagarian. And as, as we kind of come to kind of find out here, both Vigilante and Vixen were, uh, were fighting the Thanagarians during that invasion. And and both of them, uh, because of that, and, and as we come to find out, uh, Vixen has kind of another reason to dislike Shaira. I don't know what you did during the invasion. I fought them. So did I, for all the good it done me filthy hawks caught me.
0: Locked me up in a tiny cell. Humiliated me.
1: Your people, hawk girl.
0: I've told you not to call me. You've been hit. I was in a fight, remember? Why didn't you say anything? Didn't want to raise no fuss. If you don't trust me, you shouldn't have to follow me. I'm going to take Parindol's offer. Turn yourself in. We've been through this already. What do you care? I'm just a filthy hawk, right? When I look at myself, maybe I owe my people the chance to pass judgment on me. You know, for the last few months, all I've been hearing is Shaira's is so brave. Shire is so tough. Shaira never quits. Vixen. I'm embarrassed to say that I was maybe a little jealous of you. But seeing you in action here, I'm thinking John must have been talking about some other Shaira.
1: You're really setting up a lot of personal issues, even amongst this... Big alien uh, you know hunt hunter versus hunted story. Yeah, there are, are, are all of these sort of plot threads that are sort of brought back there and, and honestly make sense based on the fact that the you know these two heroes fought against a, a worldwide invasion and they're now on this team with somebody that just because they're on the team doesn't mean that they automatically trust her again. So I did think that that thread and bringing that back, the fact that not everybody is quite ready to to trust her and the fact that she still exhibits... Sympathy and empathy for these for these people that are trying to kill them because they're her people and her first question was well what happened to what happened to hero uh, hero talic, Um, I thought you know that's that really shows that even though we've moved past that star-crossed event and they're doing their best to try and welcome her back and for her to have some redemption here that this is a significant part of who this character is and that the ramifications are still being felt throughout the entire team so i did i do actually uh, appreciate that and um Mm -hmm. that part of the story here but uh, as they're sort of struggling here with uh with that they have a, a brief interaction where where they get away but it's revealed of course that uh, vigilante has been hurt so he's injured and uh and shaira keeps trying to give herself up uh in an attempt to allow uh allow vixen and vigilante to get away now that she knows sort of the plot is to seek revenge uh we get uh we get Krager and and uh, Paran, sort of, uh, sort of really making it clear that they, they blame her for the, for the downfall of the Thanagarian people at this point. So, um, you know, so we, we figure, <laughs> we figure at this point, uh, they're actually that, uh, Vixen has her own, own plan rather than, uh, allowing Shaira to, to, to give herself up. She comes up with a way to sort of con, uh, khan Krager and the rest of the uh, thanagarians to capture her and as she's being captured uh, she says well i will i will give you Shaire in exchange for my freedom
0: wait wait don't shoot please i can't think of a good reason not to because i can give you shaira hall you still want her I'm supposed to believe you would give me your teammate? I'm brain damaged, not stupid. My animal senses are a hundred times more acute than yours. I could find her with ease. And why would you want to? You mean besides saving myself? Shair and I... We want the same man. Enough of this. Wait! I believe her. Ah! Lead the way. of you got a med kit we've got an analgesic projector back in the ship after you help us if you want me in condition to track someone over this terrain you'll take me to it right now do it
1: and uh she she they have we bring her back to their headquarters so that she's aware of where it is and it's at this time that shaira and and vigilante are off on their own and we kind of get this conversation between the two of them very, very uh, intimate, t- touching conversation between the two of them. And we learn a little bit more about Vigilante. This is really the first episode we have starring Vigilante, right? This is before the Shining Knight uh, Vigilante two part or uh, that crossover starring episode. Yes, so that's in season three, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is really a, an an opportunity to kind of get this lesser known BC, maybe even D list superhero uh, under the spotlight. So I did, uh, I did, did appreciate that, but um, anyway, so he, he does mention that, uh, that there, there is some, some sort of this prejudice that is revealed in their conversation and they're, they actually refer to the, the Thanagarian people as the Hawks a couple of different times in this conversation. So you do build tension between whether or not Vigilante is going to sort of allow his prejudice and his 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 uh, his anger and frustration with how he was treated during that time uh, allow him to work with Shaira, but... Um, Anyway, as as Vixen is is captured, she's brought back to the Thanagarian headquarters. And of course, it's a double cross at that point as she was simply there think, pretending that she needed medical treatment. But instead, she was there uh, to to just collect some medical equipment, hopefully to to treat to to treat vigilante at that point. So it's at this point that uh, Shire decides that she is going to give herself up and she decides that she's going to fly up and, and exchange herself because at this point Vixen's taken too long and she says Vigilante and, and Vixen are not who they're after and the Justice League will come looking for them at some point. So uh, she flies off and has an, has an interaction with the rest of the Thanagarian people who, where we see that they've still have Vixen at this point captured. But even before this, there was a a neat little scene where a vigilante gets to show off a little bit of his skills and and trap setting a little bit. Bears that you
0: got the drop on me, partner. May have spoke prematurely on that now you and me are going to have a little
1: confab concerning the location of your spaceship yeah we get a we get a, a fun little sequence there as he's uh, seemingly trying to get a drink at the, at the ravine and one of the Thanagarian soldiers uh, drops down behind him and seemingly has has him dead to rights but then uh, yeah the old uh, the rope around the on, around the ankle and lifts him up into the tree so a very yeah a very old school tactic on this uh, sort of modern alien warrior but it still works and and uh, vigilante is able to interrogate uh, uh, the thanagarian and that sort of sets up our our final little action beat here as we uh, we have shaira going to give herself up to the rest of the thanagarians and uh, with, with Krager sort of holding holding on to Vixen, uh, and and as uh, as Krager sort of lets Vixen go, as as Shire gives herself up, looks like all hope is lost. But then here comes uh, Vigilante flying the Thanagarian ship, and then this was sort of set up a little bit earlier that he is not uh, he is not one hundred percent ready to go when it comes to his javelin piloting. So he's. Uh, even having having even more trouble trying to fly this uh, this th- alien thanagarian ship that he's never uh, he's never worked with before. would you
0: care to surrender now or shall i have craig or do something unseemly to your friend let her go and i'm yours no tricks i'm sure drop your maze and we have a deal ship tons on ding bust of horse
1: they've an alien control panel which can't nobody work proper
0: i'm
1: coming garland well enough at least to uh to catch vixen and, and keep her from falling to her death and that sort of sets up our, our final final action fight here. Shaira is, uh, is sort of face-to-face with Krager, and, uh, and then we have Perundul sort of going after Vixen, and they have a, a fight, uh, which we'll certainly talk more about in visuals in, in a minute here, but that sort of sets up our final beat There's Vixen's able to get the best of Duel knock her out of the ship, and then um, uh, Shaira kills Krager. <laughs> uh, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah uh, she she uh disables the power cell powering his his big robot suit we didn't necessarily mention this but crager is uh he's in this giant robot suit and it's it's very clear that he is mentally unwell and we get a little bit of uh expository dialogue rem- reminding us that uh he he is the way he is now due to uh john uh, forcibly going into his mind in the in, during star cross to uh gain some information from him so so he's he's permanently unwell he can't fly under his own power anymore but all all he really remembers is that he hates shaira and that he wants revenge on her for for what he blames her for which is the the death of of herotallic and and the 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 failure of the thanagarian army so he and shaira have this this battle and it looks like he's got her dead rights but then yes she's able to remove the power cell powering this robot body And uh, he falls a very, very long way down, and that's the last we see of him, and really of all the Thanagarians. As we we then go to uh, the next scene, which is the the Thanagarian ship arriving back at the Watchtower, as uh, we see the injured vigilante finally receive some medical attention, and and we see Shai and sort of seemingly just completely uh, John Stewart off as as they go off seemingly maybe to you think you're going to get your like the end of end of rocky three or something here where they're about to go uh go a few rounds in the gym or something but uh, instead they are uh, they're having a a a meal together in, in the cafeteria at the watchtower and sort of commiserating over the the funny quirks of 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 dating one john stewart <laughs>
0: Not to mention his taste in movies. I know. Old Yeller? What's that about? (laughs) (laughs) And he's such a marine. You should see his underwear drawer. He folds his socks. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen his underwear drawer. He still has feelings for you, you know. I know. Is it mutual? What's not to love? funny thing about me whenever i start a book or movie no matter how bad it is i just can't stop until i get to the end so even though john and i have only been together for a little while well i just like to see things through on guard
1: as as we sort of wrap up here we find out that uh you know vixen is very much aware that uh, that John still has feelings for Shaira, and and Shire admits to also still having feelings for him, for him, and uh, and and Vixen tells Shaiira that while uh, while she's she's she herself is also aware of that, uh, she is uh, still interested in seeing things through with John, and, and doesn't plan on stepping aside and, and letting him go just because uh, there might still be some uh, some attraction between him and Shaiira, so. That's sort of uh, where we end our episode with them sort of agreeing to disagree over over who should be with John and sort of f- sort of uh, sort of forming a, an odd friendship as as we wrap up here. Yeah, the uh, the final line of the episode is on guard as apparently I guess all is fair in love and war at this point. So <laughs> we've had our fair uh, fair share of war when it comes to Hawk Girls, so. Uh, Bring on the love, I guess, but yeah, I I guess we can get into our, our plot scores for this week, Liam. Um, I I'd say for this episode, it's, uh, it's okay. (laughs) It's, it's, it's interesting because it had to follow up. I feel like what is arguably the best episode of the justice league Mm -hmm. and you're, you're following up with what honestly could have and perhaps should have been a multi-episode arc but mm-hmm. I understand this season was the it, it was this was the Cadmus arc season. So this is sort of shoehorned into it and maybe setting up a second storyline when you're, they were unsure whether or not this was going to be the final season or not of this show um, would have been would have been hard to do. But I feel like it's a little bit too it's a little bit too jam packed. I feel like uh, Herotallic. Uh, his death while okay, that's fine to kill that character, but it feels mm-hmm. almost like a waste not to have a hero versus Jon Stewart p- too, like a- as brutal as that first fight was, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, or maybe some interactions between Shaira and, and her coming to grips with the fact that she, you know, once loved this guy. And now, she now he, you know, the Thanagarian people have are suffering because of her own, of her choices and and so you know i i think it's interesting that they chose not to use frotallic in this episode uh, as well when he was obviously the biggest um perhaps the biggest uh, antagonist in that that starcrossed episode but i feel like the expectations were unreasonably high unfortunately for this episode mm-hmm. and and it, they may not have ever lived up to them um i think plot wise there are some interesting things of course that you get the, as I mentioned at the start, like the sitcom aspect of the the ex-girlfriend with the current girlfriend and they have to work together. And there's this constant, you know, self-beating that Hawk girl with the guilt that she has to deal with does to try and, you know, make up for her for her mistakes and wrestling with whether or not she's going to sacrifice herself for these other people. And I, I just i don't know there's a lot that happens but it also feels like somewhat of a of a rush job because it's only 22 minutes and some of it seems a little goofy with the Craig, the craiger storyline craiger being a robot man now with a messed up mm-hmm. brain feels very strange um yeah so it's a lot of stuff and i think there's some good good parts of it. And I think there are some interesting threads, but I didn't feel like this one was necessarily a, a home run. So uh, for all of those reasons, I ended up giving plot uh, just a five out of 10. What about you? Uh, yeah, I went one point higher. I went six out of 10. I like, I like the overall setting of it. Um, it's sort of, uh, I guess it's, it's a bit like Predator in that sense is the, mm-hmm. you know, the soldiers go to the alien world and, and are suddenly attacked and, and everything like that. And the sort of the cat and mouse games are interesting. And I think, and maybe, yeah, maybe maybe you pick like two of these elements, uh, like the Vixen and Shaira thing. I think adding in the, the vigilante part where he's sort of talking about how he, you know, your people, People did that, and he was talking about being locked up by the Thanagarians, and, and pointing, you know, your people did that to me, and and all of that with with Hawkgirl. I think that that is interesting. The idea of Hawkgirl having to kind of work to earn back the trust of of the other superheroes that she either directly or indirectly, in some ways, betrayed as she you know she portrayed everyone on planet Earth. So I think there's there's certainly interesting stories to be had there. The the as as John Stewart lays it out the sending sending his ex with his current girlfriend on a mission together that's an interesting thread the idea of the thanagarians coming back for revenge i think is is a fun idea but as as you said i think maybe it this could have been uh you know if you had pushed this one maybe to season three and done it over two or three episodes i think it could have maybe had a little bit more room to breathe and you could feel like you were getting a little bit more out of it because while uh, certainly Perendol and and Krager maybe get or at least Perendol at least gets a little bit more to do than she did in the original Starcross Starcross episode, it it does feel like at the end they're still sort of they're still sort of their plan is undone by by fisticuffs for the most part uh, and and. I guess vigilante does outsmart the one unnamed Thanagarian thug, but other than that, it, it does feel like it just breaks down into some punching by the end. Which for for the emotional weight of of Shira, considering giving herself up and and whether or not you know she owes her people, uh, you know, her her loyalty still, or or who's loyal, who is she really loyal to, and all of that stuff. I think there's a lot of interesting themes there that all all kind of get compressed because we're we're moving on we're not gonna we're not gonna really talk about this anymore and uh and we're gonna we're gonna just move it on and 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 again we do get more follow-up on the the shaira john and vixen uh you know love triangle and in the next season but as far as this idea of sort of the rest of the league being untrustworthy of her and things like that that doesn't really come back into fray so yeah this is uh this is kind of the end of that so all things considered i i pretty much am in agreement with you i think there's definitely some fun elements to it and a lot of good ideas and threads to pull on here uh i also i also like this is probably my last beat on on plot that i have before we can move on here but i like jean being like the stern father figure (laughs) and and i think we saw this uh before with with him in wonder woman in, in hawk and dove where he's kind of lecturing her about you know going you know going too hard on 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 a on a criminal or something and here we have him not only lecturing Shaire about how she isn't pulling her weight as a as a team leader as a founding member but then also has to kind of put john in his place when he's uh, when he's upset that he's put uh, her and her and vixen on a on a mission together so i like i like john as the like the overworked den mother who's just really fed up with with everything as we uh we approach the end of this second season here (laughs) yeah I do I do like that all right Liam let's move on to our next category which is going to be animation and visuals uh so some interesting stuff happens in this episode because most of it takes place on an alien world Mm -hmm. but uh yeah what did you have as far as uh as visuals for this week's episode yeah, I will say I wasn't. I felt like we were. We could have gotten some cooler stuff, like more aerial battles, and they do kind of do a bit of explaining of that because obviously two of our our three leaguers can't fly. So Shire is down on the ground with them for most of the episode. So they do have a note about how the Thanagarians aren't in the air because they're they're trying to track her and. And the rest of the league but yeah i don't i, mean, I don't feel like we got a, enough like aerial action we do get that 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 scene at the end there with uh with shair and and craig are sort of wrestling uh through the air and, and vigilante flying the the ship but uh yeah i wish i wish we could have seen more of that but yeah overall i think like the the background designs and everything of this world are very you gotta it's very bright and colorful and it's not your you know you're in this sort of alien jungle for most of it there's uh there's a couple different scenes that are set near this stream, and I think they did some really cool techniques of uh, of using different reflections. Uh, there's one shot of Shaira where she's sort of contemplating whether or not, again, she should turn herself in if she, you know, if she deserves to, you know, just call herself a hero and be part of the Justice League. And she looks down, and it's just that you see her reflection with the, the moon behind her, sort of rippling through the uh, through the lake. So I thought I thought the the overall visuals of the world. Um, it's yeah, it's mostly just jungles and you know, greens and then you have like sort of this bluish blues and oranges in the sky and everything and and then that uh, but I, I thought that was a really fun change of pace as far as a uh, an environment and you know it's not the the cities or the, you know, or even like a desert or, or anything like that that we might see in, in a given episode so the, the change of scenery I think was uh, was a nice was a nice uh, challenge I'm sure for the uh, for the background designers and created some uh, some interesting settings for those those initial battles as well. Yeah, that's I, I made a lot of notes about that. Actually, I thought that, uh, as you mentioned, the purple, the, the skies were purple and there was a lot of pinks and corals and blues and all that used in the, the different designs and the different alien designs of the trees and the, the, the ground and the water and uh, at one point they're, they're sort of looking up and you can see these castles off in the distance on top of these mountains or hills or something and Yeah. I thought that the backgrounds were actually the standout because you're right. It did take you, it didn't feel like it was a super weird sci-fi planet. There was still some, something familiar about it, but it was alien enough uh, to stand out. And uh, I think, I think juxtaposed against the, the, the reds and the whites of the Thanagarians uh, or Thanagarians uniforms and. Uh, the rest of the color palette that was used for the the members of the league. I thought that it, it, it worked very well, but um, I will say that uh, I have to, I have to call out the fact there's a lot of CGI vehicles in this episode. There's a, (laughs) there's a lot of CGI javelin, a lot of CGI spaceships, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you, you get the battle scene where they're recapping what happened with a Thanagarian army and that's all cgi ships there's cgi ships with Vigilani, steals uh Perindul's ship so we get a lot of cgi and it, it just it does not look very good in my opinion and sort of sticks out like a sore thumb it at least moves a little bit better i feel like than it has in the past but it's it it wasn't as it wasn't as uh, I guess herky jerky. There was it wasn't as much, it was a little smoother. I guess I'll just say the, the frame rate seemed to move a little bit. But at times it felt like it, it just it just took me out of it. It's just like this doesn't belong in this show. Why are these CGI models in here? <laughs> um, but I will say. I have to give credit where credit's due. There is a point right where they land, where CGI is used. And I thought it was used in a very effective way. Vixen uh, sort of uses this, it's not heat vision. I don't know what else to call it, but she uses, uh, she uses the power of some sort of reptile and they, they give you this POV shot of her and she's checking for heat signatures. Again, maybe a, a reference or, or an homage to the, uh, to the predator movies and that mm-hmm. she, you know, she's checking the checking out the the various uh forestry for life and doesn't see it but it's it the way that it moves i felt like i'm 99 sure it was done with cgi and i thought that actually looked pretty well uh pretty good uh mm-hmm. and it was done pretty well it didn't take me out of it it was unique enough it was kind of it moved quick enough where it was like okay that's pretty unique i like how they did that um so uh, strike with the hand and and give with the other, I guess. When it comes to CGI for this, <laughs> this episode, yeah, I think I think that's fair. I definitely did note for whatever reason it doesn't bother me in the the flat the uh, where Protalic is is giving his life. I guess because there's just so many of them, maybe you get used to it. And the and the background is mostly just you know black with with the stars. It's just in space, so maybe it's easier to kind of. Disconnect that, but yeah, when the the ship, the Thanagarian ship is flying, when Vigilante's flying it at the end, it's it's just really, it just does not fit in what is this otherwise, you know, drawn or e- even though you know you're using digital animation techniques, of course, by this point, it's just the the 3D modeling of this of the ship just really does not fit uh, fit very well and uh with uh, with the rest of this world but uh as far as other things i do like i really liked and i i always talk about this it seems when Joaquim de santos is the director of the episode but uh the the one-on-one fight scene we get between uh vixen and uh and perrin duel towards the end there once Vixen gets into the ship it's actually a great shot where she she lands on the roof of the of the ship as vigilante is uh, is is flying in and she sort of goes around to the side door and opens it up you get like a shot of the door and then she walks through like almost like it's a western or something like that which i guess is appropriate with, with vigilante along for the ride there but then you know here comes perundal flying in and and you know knocks her and they're having this battle and just the way the way their their movements are there's always these extra little fluid movements i think and in uh, a lot of these JLU fights we've noticed and it's one where Vixen sort of has these claws that she goes to strike uh uh goes goes sort of strike Perendul with and Perendul blocks using her wings Mm. which I thought was really really neat and and we don't really see that uh I don't really think we ever see Shaira fight that way so to see them be able to use the wings not only for flight but for defense purposes I thought was really interesting we get uh and then we also have Parinduul just straight up using Wolverine shtick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she uh, she has she has these spiked gloves, and then the, the spikes on her on her knuckles. Three of them shoot out into these long metal claws, and she attempts to uh, stab Vixen with them. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that final fight uh, is is quite a bit of fun. And then and then, yeah, I think I think the the d- despite it being kind of an odd uh, treatment for the episode um i think i do like the design of 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 Krager's robot suit it's it's real kind of weird and clunky and feels like maybe something they just sort of slapped together because they don't have like a full you know a full armada of technology behind them anymore but he's uh you know he's he's sort of just this in this big clunky robot suit uh, throughout the episode so i think there's some some fun stuff and as he's sort of going after shaira at the very end of the episode there and and shaira you know again is really struggling to pull out this power cell on the front of his suit i think there's some there's some fun to be had there as i mentioned and then a little bit of aerial fighting that we do get but yeah i I think there's there's definitely some high highs but maybe uh i i do think that the cgi uh CGI heard it a little bit, and, and again, maybe I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, fancy uh, aerial fighting, but that's, uh, that's certainly more of a nitpick than a, than a, than a strong criticism there. Uh, I ended up settling on an 8 out of 10 for my, uh, my visual score. Nice. Uh, I went a little bit lower. I, I thought, and this is one of the critiques, I thought that everybody looked a little bit off-model uh people seemed a little bit more angular Mm -hmm. than they usually are taller thinner lankier especially vixen at times i felt like she was she was her body was a little bit elongated um at one point there's a scene i think it's right right when when perundual is recounting what happened to thanagar they kind of give this profile shot of of shaira and and vixen kind of they're talking and listening and you you just see shaira's eyes and her eyes are something that you would see out of eastern animation a very anime style like humongous Mm -hmm. eyes um and it, it it's fine it, i think it's pretty it's it's it, if that if that had been that way through the entire episode and i feel like her her features were a little bit more exaggerated than we had seen in past uh in the past couple of episodes where she had her mask off but uh it, this one scene it was just like it stood out to me and i was like ah it's just a little bit off model and it's not consistent with the rest of the episode um yeah, and there were times where, and I don't know if it was intentional. Maybe it was supposed to be a it was supposed to be a result of his of his uh, brain damage. But Gregor's like cross eyed in a couple of scenes, and it was like, mm-hmm. is that on purpose? Is he supposed to be <laughs> cross eyed? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so I didn't love the visuals as as much as uh as I would have. I think if things had been a little bit more on model. But uh, yeah, not that still not that far off from you uh, with a six out of 10. Yeah, I and I, I have to go back and look. I feel like more often than not when it's if it's not a Coco episode of JLU, it seems like it's mostly, uh, you know, Dong Coco or uh, or or this DR Movie Co. I feel like DR Movie Co is the one where we're seeing more of the. Like, it's not fully off model in the way that, like, some of those early animated Batman animated series episodes would be. But I do think there's some inconsistency. And then I don't know if this is on the animator or the storyboards or the directors. There's some very, like, leery lewd shots of vixen in this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh both in the and then and in the opening scene they are they are trying to play that she's you know she's trying to be sexy and seductive to john and and be romantic and all that so i kind of got it but then there's also a scene where she's when she uh, you know tricks the fanagarians into taking her back to the ship uh you know by feigning that she needs medical attention um um, there's like another shot there, and I was like, I'm kind of surprised we got away with with that with the uh, with a woman with those proportions and getting like that close of a shot of her um, assets, so to speak. There, like I'm kind of, I was a little surprised that one it would be in there, and two that it would uh, it would that it kind of lingered on. It's probably only like two seconds in actual time but it just it's just not the type of thing that you normally saw in 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 these shows so i think it did stay whether or not it was completely intentional or just a uh you know it just just a coincidence i could not i couldn't tell you for sure at least not in the second second occasion but i was just like wow they're they're kind of lingering on shots like that a little bit longer than they than they might normally usually or usually at least it like it pans up and down or something when they're trying to When they're trying to get across the, you know, the ladies being, you know, trying to show off the the attractive ladies on these shows. So it's just interesting. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty unique as far as a a choice made by. Again, I don't know if that would be on the animator animators or the director or or the storyboard artists or who exactly would be would be responsible for that. But I did notice that there's a little, uh, you know, the cameraman seemed uh, (laughs) the cameraman, quote unquote, was a little uh, a little uh, distracted, it seemed. A little pervy happening there, yeah. Mm -hmm. I noticed that as well. All right, Liam. Well, let's move on to our next category of the day, and that is going to be music. And I think I missed it. Missed it when you were saying at the beginning. I assume the dynamic music partners are responsible for this week's music. That's right. We have a Christopher Christopher Carter and Michael McQuestion specifically named. So, two of our our three dynamic music partners. So. I gotta be honest with you, Cal. I don't have uh, <laughs> much for music this week. Um, didn't notice anything bad. Again, I don't think we got we don't get much of the the electric guitar JLU music. I feel. Yeah. No. Uh, it's it's more reliance on I guess, and maybe this is because it's it's bringing back these old foes from the original Justice League series. So maybe they thought they would score it more traditionally in that in that way. So you get your your more traditional strings strings and things like that, but. The only really musical note I had is I think they do bring back some music from Starcrossed when the the Thanagarians first reveal themselves when, you know, when they're, when they're, the leaguers are hiding behind the rock and then, and then Perindul calls out to her and and they look up and they see the whole, whole squad of of Thanagarians standing before them. It felt like they brought back some of the, uh, the Starcrossed music there, but yeah, other than that, I'm going to be honest, I don't I don't have much to say about the music. There's nothing wrong with it, but I, I don't feel like a lot of it stood out this week. Yeah, uh, the only the only notes that I had I at the beginning of the episode when Perindul removes the helmet and you get the sort of the reveal right before the credits. There's some some dramatic music that played there that kind of oh, and, and that may have been uh, part of the. Uh, or might have the, a theme that's similar to that what was used in in star um but other than that the only other the only other note that i actually paused and i was like okay that that's actually a, a pretty pretty neat beat was when vigilante shows up in the, the culmination of that final battle with with the ship to save vixen that's falling from the sky He's uh, he gives off uh, a yeehaw and uh, <laughs> right before right before or after he's like fake cursing talking about uh, how he can't fly the, the ship itself. Uh, And and he's like muttering something in a very Southern United States accent. And uh, the the music for that final, final bit there, I thought uh, played really well. There was some good percussion. It is uh, definitely more traditional in the way that it sounded with strings and horns rather than, rather than the guitars, but uh, that, and I would say when uh, there's a, there's a point where Vixen jumps in, I think when she saves She's uh, initially saved Shaira from from Krager. There's a uh, where she kind of calls on the power of the elephant or rhinoceros or whatever it is and then jumps on top of the robot at that point. there's a there's a nice little little interlude that plays there. but yeah, I didn't have anything. I, I, I think it's what exactly the episode called for. Um, I, I don't didn't recognize a particular theme for any of the characters which would have been cute to and and maybe we'll hear something in the in a follow-up vigilante episode but nothing that that stood out as far as a, an individual theme for vigilante or vixen and uh, not really anything that uh, that was a callback for for Shiera that I that I took note of but I think the music is good I think it's it's not it's not great but it's not it's not bad either there it it does exactly i think what it was called to do and uh for those reasons i ended up giving it a six out of ten what about you yeah i went just one shot lower i went five out of ten uh for i think yeah all the reasons you just mentioned i think it's a it's a solid job it uh, it does a good job of adding to the scenes you get that dramatic tension but uh, as far as any any sort of standout single pieces of music i uh I didn't, like I said, didn't have much to go on other than that initial reveal of, of the Fenegarians on the planet. And again, you're again, what else you would you would expect other than as as we talked about kind of laid off the uh, the electric guitar and and the more traditional rock music for this week, which, uh, you know, uh, which also again we, we talked about it certainly in the original and and at least in parts in this one there's certainly some a Star Wars feel to the to, I think to the soundtrack and certainly when Fro is sacrificing himself it's you he, he basically is blowing up the Death Star sure. so uh, I don't know if we mentioned that in, in visuals or not but it's a big it's a big round planet-sized ship that he he flies his, his ship through so uh, there's 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 certainly some I guess more like an epic space opera feel to the soundtrack rather than that traditional sort of rock action guitar and music that we might get in, a, in an average episode in jlu there you go all right Liam, well that will bring us to our final category of the day which of course is voice acting not a huge cast uh, I, I guess, well, I guess it, it's larger than last week's cast, I suppose, but we do have some returning <laughs> voices uh, from uh, from the uh, the aforementioned star episode we also have some pretty notable names uh, that uh, you might know from a pretty popular sci fi television show let's talk about this week's voice actors. Yeah, so uh, normally I would not. We don't really mention the uh, the, the players who don't uh, play a named character, but uh, I will just mention as, as a fun little bit of trivia here. Uh, David Barrera is playing one of the other uh, Thanagarians, uh who doesn't get a name, but uh, that would be the husband of Maria Canals Barrera, aka uh, Shayera herself. So, a fun little bit of uh, get, getting getting uh, getting a spouse of one of our, our main actors in there to uh, to do a fun little little cameo as a as a soldier here but uh yes as far as our, our main villains of the piece we do have uh, Hector Elizondo returning as Lieutenant Krager as as we've mentioned he's he's sort of you know uh brain, brain has been melted by by Jean and then he's he's also of course stricken with grief as there is there's this very clear unspoken uh uh love that he had for for, for Um in in star cross that is uh again sort of lightly touched on here but yes we have a uh, the great Hector Elizondo a lot of a lot of uh, famous roles definitely one of those voices that even if you don't know the name when you hear him speak you uh, you recognize him he did in fact play Bane in the uh, mystery of the Batwoman movie at one point as well so um but uh, yeah it's interesting because he he sort of played in the, in the original and uh, Starcross as this sort of sniveling plotting you know second in command to, to rotalic but then here he's he's mostly played i guess for a little bit of comic relief he's sort of this oafish confused old man who's just angry and sad and kind of barely remembers why and is kind of is kind of uh you know not sure what exactly he wants other than that he wants to to kill shaira he that's like the one piece of his old self that's still there yeah it's it's an interesting he he has to play a character with 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 brain damage so uh i i think he does a fine job i i think that it's somewhat played for humor at 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 times and uh and you know, for what's asked of him to do in this episode, uh, he does a fine job and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you feel about this character, this is the end of this character. As you mentioned, uh, he did. So yes, we will, uh, we will certainly cover his, uh, performance later as, uh, as the man who broke or wanted to break the bat, I guess. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, th- there's, there's not a whole lot asked and there's a lot of, uh, grunting and other than his, uh, his line about John messing with his brain. I I didn't think that was particularly memorable, but that's not his fault for this week.
0: You took commander tallick from us. And your friend, the green one did something to my mind, something bad. I miss commander tallick. I miss being able to think without pain, but no one's going to miss you.
1: someone who does uh, get a lot more to do and actually it's funny if you if you listen to the commentary track on uh, on the star crossed episode uh bruce Timm had actually mentioned and i know james sucker has said as much as well that uh, one of the main reasons they did they wanted to bring back the fanagarians for this episode was because they were a big fan of elizabeth pena who plays uh, duel in this episode? And felt like she didn't really have much to do. Uh, she's very much a, a, a Captain Phasma before Captain Phasma in that uh, series, and <laughs> that she looked really cool, but didn't really have anything to do uh, across those three, that three parter So they they had the idea of wanting to bring her back to not only for because the the character looked cool, but because they you know they they thought the performance by by her voice actor was was good and and she does get a lot more to do in the in this episode she is sort of the now the ringleader of this motley crew of thanagarians these these stragglers who are left uh left still fighting the good fight even though the war is over here and she does have a good like sinister edge to her when she's you know when she first when she first pulls the the disguise off after she's done talking to jean and then when she's sort of laying out the, uh, you know, telling Shire to give herself up and, and sort of recounting the, the heroic death of of Ro Rotalic and everything like that. I think I think she, she does get a lot more to do and, uh, and I think she does a good job with it.
0: duel, Friend of yours? Birds ever further. Did you really think you could get away with betraying the entire Thanagarian Empire? Hold up. I thought we were the ones she betrayed. Sounds like she betrayed everybody, cowboy. You helped the Justice League destroy my hyperspace bypass. Only to stop you from killing everyone on Earth. That bypass was our last hope. Without it, we were helpless against our enemies. Because of you, the Fenegarian Empire lost the war.
1: Yeah, she knocked it out of the park. As you said, not a lot to do in that original Star-Crossed episode. So for them to to take what they and, and who knows maybe you know maybe stuff was cut out of the original Starcross episodes that uh, that that left a great impression or or that would have you know left a larger impression on the audience as well as those behind the scenes but the fact that those behind the scenes and in charge decided it was so good to bring her back and give her an opportunity to really get Uh, an entire episode's worth. Again, I think this is a character that would have benefited from a multi-episode story arc because she was used so little in that original episode that the impact of who this is feels like it's a little bit like, who is this again? (laughs) But that, of course, doesn't have anything to do with Miss Pena's performance. I think she does a great job. And that does leave me wishing that she either had a larger performance uh, opportunity in that original episode or you know, uh, in, in, in this, that her, her performance wasn't limited specifically to, to just this episode. So, yeah, I think she does a a really good job for what's asked of her. And, you know, she's, she's sinister. She has a a motive for wanting revenge. I think, I think her, her interactions with Krager, where she's, you know, reminding him that they are there and that's their, their whole goal is to get revenge on Shaira. Um, and it is, is great. I, so, I, yeah, I think she does a, an excellent job for this week. Absolutely. I totally agree there. Um, and then as we, we break into our, our heroes here in a supporting role, we do have a couple of our original leaguers. As mentioned, we do have uh, uh, Carl Lumbly, of course, as Jean and, uh, and Phil Lamar as Green Lantern. Um, like we said, not not a lot for them to do. Although, as as you mentioned, uh, that we do get that very humorous bit of, uh, of 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 GL being very upset with Jean for for sending Shire and Vixen on a uh, on a mission together. So that's uh, that's a good bit of fun there. And and then uh, and I, and I do again. I like I like Jean as sort of de, you know sort of demanding that Shire step up. I think it's it's interesting to see him as as this guy who's controlling all this giant you know. 55 justice league are constantly sending people on missions and picking and choosing who's going where and all that and uh, i i think even though most uh, you could say that jean is kind of sidelined for a lot of these these jlu episodes because he's he's just sitting up in the tower but uh, i think he always kind of there's always a little bit of poignance when he does show up and when he especially when he gets to actually show a little bit of emotion and and, and and interact with some of those other original leaguers that he's uh, you know he's known for a while here in the show, um, and then uh, yeah, speaking of our, our main leaguers for this week though, we have uh, the returning Gina Torres as Vixen, who uh, we we previously talked about in Wake the Dead. Here we get to see her not only do a little bit with uh, with with Phil Lamar's Green Lantern, but she gets to do a lot of bouncing off one of her uh, former live action co-stars as you alluded to cal uh, not only was miss torres in the original the the much beloved uh firefly series that uh, was pretty short-lived but was sort of this you know cult favorite space western show uh not only uh did miss torres star in it but playing the voice of a uh, vigilante this week we have mr nathan Fillion, who's He's one of those like nerd gods, I think. (laughs) I think if you if you are into nerdy pop culture stuff, you probably like him for at least one of the roles that he's done, whether you know him from Firefly or from some of his other acting work. Or he, he of course, goes on to voice the uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern in some of the uh, DC animated films more recently. So uh, a big a big career. And like it's of course, at one point, you have to get you have to get him in there. So having him not only come in and play a cowboy in space yet again here as vigilante, but having having him play off one of his former co-stars in this tour is is a nice bit of touch. And I'm sure, as we often say, was not a was not an accident when uh, when uh, Andrea Romano was casting this episode that they decided to bring uh, Nathan Fillion in. No, no, no.
0: Reset your hyperdrive vectors.
1: Nobody likes a backseat driver, ma'am.
0: You need another twenty hours of flight time before you're certified. And some of us are already rat certifiable. Vigilante, you got a problem with me? We can take it to the gym after the mission's over. No problem, ma'am. Resetting the vectors.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that that was not. Uh, <laughs> they looked at that. They said, okay, these guys are going to have some good chemistry. Let's write an episode where they have, they've, uh, they have the opportunity to interact with one another. And uh, for Miss Torres, I think. The episode started off a little rocky for me. I think the interaction with her and John in that opening scene felt a little wooden at times. I don't know, you know, maybe I I know she was trying to be, you know, calm and seductive, but it just, it came off a little wooden. With that said though, I think she, the rest of the episode, she absolutely crushed <laughs> her performance. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, I think the interaction at the end with her and Hawkgirl is uh, is just grade A material. Not only the writing of these two rivals sitting together and discussing, uh, you know, dating, dating John from different sides, but then also the sort of like, you know, the back and forth that they have about, you know what who john still has feelings for whether or not you know that, and and vixen realizing that that he still has feelings for her asking shire if she still feels the same and then her sort of comeback of saying well let the best person win and i'm just i'm going to let this play out and see what happens i thought that was a that that was great and i thought that, that i was like all right this this rounded this out perfectly and ended up being a really strong performance from her uh, nathan Villians super funny uh he gets a chance here to play up really the uh, a southern stereotype but mm-hmm. does it in a in a in a cute and like comedic way it's done in a sort of like this adorable you know uh innocent sort of way this this guy like i said he's he's like fake cussing a whole bunch he's he like says pardon my you know pardon the expression or pardon my french and then says like dag it or something you know something super tame <laughs> so you know playing this all, all shucks southern southern guy um and, and he doesn't have a, a whole ton of line, a, a lot of lines to deliver in this outside of those those sort of quips. But I think his interaction uh, with, with with Hawk Girl, where he's sort of talking, uh, alongside Vixen, explaining, you know, how he was made to feel by the Thanagarians as he was fighting against them, and then uh, later on when she you know, decides that she's going to give herself up, there was some opportunity there for him to show some more quiet poignancy and not just be the the yuck yuck quip machine uh, that he seemed to be for the rest of it. Which I feel like he did a good job doing. But um, we, as I said, we know we have uh, we have we have some more performances from him down the down the road. Uh, with his character so uh and including an episode where he basically stars in the episode so uh definitely looking forward to to uh seeing that uh a, a, an episode uh, designed to be a vehicle for his uh his character but yeah i think i guess that probably leads us to the uh the arguable star of the episode that's right so uh yeah you you touched on a little bit there but yeah I, th- I think the strongest part of in this episode is definitely uh, Maria Canales Barrera as Hawkgirl slash uh, Shaira, of course, and uh, yeah, I think as you said, you can you can maybe argue that it's it's not the you know the most exciting start with the the Vixen and John stuff, but really from when you move into that scene where with with Jean and uh, sort of lecturing Shaira and then them going off on the mission, and you know vigilante is sort of as you mentioned, it's kind of the, all three of them interacting throughout the rest of the episode. You know, Maria Canales and and, uh, and Gina Torres and, and Nathan all, all sort of interacting with each other, I think is really where a lot of the charm comes in uh, and and some of the, and the emotion, you know, that where where Shire is really, you really do feel that conflict that she is, that she's feeling where she isn't sure really what her, her role should be. You know should she just give herself up and you know she's willing willing to sort of sacrifice and and maybe that's the way for her to redeem herself and to and to truly be a hero is to just give herself up to the Thanagarians, and 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 then you still have some some lighter moments as you mentioned with her interacting with with vigilante or when they're when they're still on the javelin at first and, and vigilante is sort of arguing with hawk girl about uh how he's flying the javelin and and uh, Vixen has a line about how, oh well, men have fragile egos and you need to, you know, you need to talk to them a certain way uh, in order to to get what you want. And and, and very just matter-of factly, Hawkgirl says, Oh, do that. <laughs> and and uh, and Vixen says, Yeah, I've noticed, or something like that. But I just I like that 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 very quick setting up the the dichotomy between the three of uh of of Hawk girl being still sort of bullish and 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 a bit standoffish and, and and uncomfortable in this role as a leader and then you know you immediately have that sort of contrasted by this this you know vigilante who's you know certainly heroic and 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 courageous but also maybe a little bit out of his depth here and then you have vixen who is who is you know already sort of dealing with the the mistrust of shaira because of because of her former relationship with gl and then that sort of added on to once the Thanagarians reveal themselves and and that sort of internal conflict. So yeah, I think I think our three uh, our three main leaguers, but especially Maria Canals Pereira here, really get a chance to uh, to to stretch their muscles and, and do a little bit of everything. Do a little bit of comedy. Do a little bit of of the more you know kind of angry you know uh, you know tempers flaring moments between the three leaguers and between her and, and the Thanagarians. And then finally, you know, her her sort of deep conflict and and her. Her regret because these 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 Senegarians, even though she ultimately decided, you know, to side against them and save the world, you know that those were still her her people, her friends, the people that she knew better than anyone, that she had sort of betrayed, and and that betrayal did lead to, you know than thanagarians losing that war so you know she has a, the, the sort of the weight of multiple worlds on her shoulders and and i think she does a great job uh you know miss canales again does a great job uh portraying that conflict uh you know along with some of the the lighter moments she really has to kind of hammer it home when it gets to those more dramatic moments and i and i think she kills it here yeah i i agree i I think, as you mentioned, not only the drama, but the the sort of chiding at the end when uh, Vixen is making the joke about how John is such a Marine and how he keeps his underwear drawer. And she says, oh, you should see his underwear drawer. And she comes back with, I have seen his underwear drawer and uh, <laughs> you, like a pin could drop and you would have heard it, mm-hmm. it like hit the ground with the, the reaction that, or the non-reaction, the st- stunned silence that Vixen sort of has. But the way that that she delivers that line was just perfect. Uh, I agree. There's some classic Hawkgirl in it, but there's also growth of the character and and some warmth. And, and obviously she, as we mentioned, she gets to show not only care for, for John, she also expresses 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 emotion in her care for her people and for her italics so yeah she gets uh she gets the lion's share here and i think that this might be one of her best episodes uh to date that we've covered hard hard to beat her performance in wake the dead just because of how emotional that episode was but i i think it's a pretty strong performance from her for this for a, a balance of different things that she had to had to cover here so uh yeah very very strong performance from her yeah, totally agree. And I guess I think this is that that final interaction and you you already touched on it, but just the again, just the the way not only the dialogue is written, but the way it's delivered when you know she mentions that, uh, you know, Vixen Vixen tells Shire, John still has feelings for you. And and Shire admits that she knows and, and Vixen sort of asks her, you know, do you feel the same way? And and Shire just says, what's not to love about him? Like, I think it is like just some really simple things, but the way it's delivered, it feels Feels like these are real people and real characters who have experienced a lot together and are having a real conversation. It doesn't just feel like oh, you could have given these lines to any of these these superheroes and you could have interchanged them and it wouldn't matter. Like it feels like this is you know a very good episode of you know even though as as we said we we felt like there was maybe potential more from a story perspective as far as hitting those character beats. Uh, you know our, our voice cast really did a great job of of hitting really all those all those various emotional beats throughout the episodes agreed yeah so uh for all of those reasons um i ended up giving voice acting a pretty strong eight out of ten what about you yeah i went uh i went the same way i went eight out of ten um i would have liked and again this maybe goes back more to a plot criticism and and how much is stuffed into this but i think I think I would have liked to have seen more for for Hector Elizondo as Crager to do. Like we said, he's he is funny. Like the few lines he gets where he's he's like, but we are gonna kill her, right? That's why we're here. <laughs> like it it is funny hearing the way that you know that Perindul is kind of a you know, Elizabeth Pena's character is kind of uh, you know manipulating him a little bit and and sort of trying to keep keep the, the Thanagarians on mission, even though they're all sort of most of them aren't really sure that 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 this is what they should be doing and and with, you know, this, this crazy brain damage robot man that she's trying to wrangle, I think there's there's some fun bits in there, but a little bit more uh, for, for those characters to stretch their legs maybe would have uh, resulted in a higher score. But uh, an, eight, an eight from both of us, certainly nothing to sneeze at as, a, you know, another really, really strong week from our voice casts. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, that will begin to wrap us up. So let's total up our scores here, Liam. Totaling everything up for this week I end up with a middle of the road 25 out of 40. what about you? yeah and I'm just a couple of points higher I ended up at a 27 out of 40 so uh, yeah not, not too big of a difference there uh, as we get into rewatchability uh, yeah I, I think it, it is it is a, it's a double thumbs up because the it's the sort of continuation of the the Hawk Girl. Uh, Green Lantern Vixen uh, Triangle, which, as we said, will, will come back in, the, in a pretty big way in the following season. And also, obviously, is, is continuing on from where we saw these characters in Wake the Dead and, and before that in, in Starcross. So I think it's a big deal from there. And then because it is sort of created to be a direct sequel to that big epic episode, albeit on a much smaller scale, you don't have a full you know a full-scale invasion this time around. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is a thumbs up. And even though it isn't, this wouldn't necessarily be one that I would classify as an all-time great episode. It's uh, you know, it's still an easy to watch, enjoyable twenty-two minutes of uh, superhero fun. So, yeah, I think this is uh, because of because of it being a, a solid episode, and you mix in the uh, the story stuff. I think this gets uh, this gets two thumbs up for me. Uh, Hard to disagree with that. Yeah. I, I debated giving it the old one thumb up, but I think for the, for the love triangle reason alone, you kind of have to, you kind of have to watch this to kind of fill in some of the blanks there and and recognize that Vixen and, and Shaira kind of agree to just coexist and, and may the best woman win John's heart, I guess. So yeah, I, I agree with you. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget, you can support the podcast by liking us on our social media pages. You can head over to at DCAU review on Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, like us on there, follow us on Instagram twitter as i mentioned liam runs our twitter page does a great job we have an amazing time interacting with everybody on uh in the dcau community not only we don't just talk about dcau stuff on there though liam is an avid comic reader much uh, i I think a little bit more than i am uh and, and just we have lots of conversations about what's happening in the world of comics and uh, all kinds of fun stuff over there. So hey, if you're not following us, if you have a Twitter account, check out at uh Send us some feedback. Let us know what you feel about this episode. Don't forget also, if you do listen to us on a podcast app and you have not subscribed to us, please do so. And if that podcast app, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts allow you to leave a review, 5 stars helps us out um and uh if you're if you're listening on apple podcasts and you can leave a little blurb heck if you've left a review before and you feel generous enough to support us and leave a second one you can even do that but leave a little blurb let people know what it is that you enjoy maybe it's our our, our witty repartee perhaps it's uh it's our uh, uh just our, our our booming voices whatever it is that you enjoy uh let the good people at home know what it is that you enjoy cuz it it helps out the alg- the old algorithm you got to feed that algorithm so uh not only that you can support us if you wish you listen to your podcast perhaps on youtube as we mentioned head over to youtube.com slash the pod like our videos subscribe to the channel and uh, give a listen to our friends content as well on there We we'll get some great stuff from our friends there liam you can also support us by buying some merch if you want to head over to dcaureview.com Click out the shop tab, uh, click on the shop tab, or you can also check out the link at the bottom of the podcast if you want to support us directly. Liam, next week is our final Saturday in the month of April. I guess uh, the April showers have come. Mayflowers will soon follow after. But before then, we have one last episode and uh, it's going to be an exciting one absolutely and uh you know we already did sort of a, even though it was a non-traditional start to the month we did our elseworlds at the start of this month um but so rather than just do another uh, non-main dcau episode review next week we thought it might be time to dust off the old character spotlight uh series yet again here and we thought this time we're going to try something again we're going to tweak it a little bit see what uh what we think and what certainly what our listeners think, but we thought we would focus in on not just one character, but well, mostly one character, but uh, some of his supporting uh, brethren in green, as it were, as we will be doing a character spotlight on what we are calling uh, John Stewart and the Green Lantern Corps Volume One here, uh, which we'll, we'll look at the, the first appearance of the Green Lanterns in the DCAU, that being in Superman the Animated Series, and then uh, John's debut uh, in in the first episode of Justice League, and then sort of the rest of his adventures throughout that first season of uh, of Justice League. So, and uh, and not just John and Kyle Rayner either. There's uh, some other uh, Green Lanterns making an, uh, an appearance very early on in the Justice League series. So, lots of members of the uh, of the Green Lantern Corps that we'll get to chat about in our next week's character spotlight. Right, one of the most popular characters in the Justice League era and, and certainly a fan favorite, so looking forward not only to discussing John Stewart, but uh, some of his Green Lantern counterparts to the But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. i'll Talk to you on the next episode of the DC Review. Adios.